This is a teaching from Grace River Church in O'Fallon, Missouri. Our prayer is that this sermon will help inspire you to take the next step of your faith with Jesus Christ. Hey, what's up? My name is Chris Eiffel. I'm lead pastor here at Grace River Church. I want to say thank you so much for watching online at home today. Today, we are in the middle of a three-week series called No Other Name, and we're simply just talking about the fact that there's no other name uh, but the name of Jesus that can change a person's life. And so, uh, man, I'm really glad that you're watching today. And my hope and my prayer for you is that you would experience life change through the name of Jesus. And so if you call Grace River Church your home, I want to encourage you to attend uh, a vision dinner on October 28th. And so we've had a series of three of these. There's still one left coming up this Saturday, October 28th. You can register online on our website at graceriver.cc. Man, I hope that you join us for this. You know, we've got some amazing things happening here at Grace River, explosive growth. Uh, just last week, we were able to baptize 11 people. Uh, we're just seeing life change after life change after life change. And along with that, we're having a bit of a space problem. And so we're running out of auditorium space, running out of kids space, running out of parking lot space. And at our church, one of the values that we have is living on the solution side of every problem. And so at this vision dinner, uh, we're asking people that call Grace River Church their home to come and hear more about how we can live on the solution side of the problem uh, and create more space so more people can meet, know, and follow Jesus. And so let's jump into today's talk. Acts chapter 4 is where we started every one of these talks so far. Uh, and this is uh, Peter preaching, and he says this, there is, a, there is salvation in no one else. So we don't get salvation through our things. We don't get salvation through our efforts. Uh, we get salvation through the name of Jesus. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be Saved. There's no other name uh, that can save you, that can change you, uh, that, that can restore you. And so uh, today's talk, we're talking about how there's no, no other name to live for. And so uh, we're actually going to turn to Colossians today. It's written by a guy named Paul. Uh, and Paul had experienced dramatic life change as a result of following Jesus. And so Paul was religious, which meant he had head knowledge about who God was, uh, but he had never really settled up in his heart and made Jesus the Lord of his life. He has this dramatic encounter with God, and it literally changes everything. And then he goes on to, to write nearly half of the New Testament. So in Colossians chapter 3, Paul writes this in verse 15, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. So he's just talking about, hey, man, if you want peace, you've got to let Christ be the authority or the ruler of your heart. And, and he says this, and be thankful. That's going to show up again. Uh, thankfulness isn't just something that we do in November uh, if you're following Jesus, thankfulness is something that we need to be doing all of the time. And so let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And then he says this in verse 17, and this is the, the crux of what I want to talk about today. And whatever you do, that means in everything that you do, whether it's in word, like what you say, or deed in your actions, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do it all in his name. Man, you got to do it all for him, for his name. And so, man, I, I think it's really important that we decide who it is that we're going to live for. What name are you going to make famous with your life? Like we can make our own names famous. We can live for our name. We can live for the name of someone else. We can live for the name of a sports team or we can live for the name of a celebrity. But when we look at the words of Paul here, he says, man, in everything that you do, in word, in our words, and in our deeds, and our actions, uh, that we would make a name for the Lord Jesus, that we would do it all 
in his name and for his name. And so ultimately, that's the end goal for all of us is that we would all decide that I would do my life, do all that I do for his name, for the name of Jesus. But before we can do that, I think that's easy to say, right? Do everything that you do in your life for the name of Jesus. And you may be watching this or listening to this today going, how do I do that? I think you have to, first of all, start with who is Jesus to you? So I actually just want to give you a blank here for you to fill in. Jesus is blank. Who is Jesus to you? Like, is Jesus a miracle worker, right? Is Jesus a person in history? Is Jesus, Jesus is a prophet? Like, Jesus is a teacher, right? Jesus is a rule maker. Like, who is Jesus to you? And my hope for all of us would be this, is that Jesus would be my everything. That we would look at our lives and we would answer that question, if I filled the blank in, who is Jesus to me? Well, man, he's my savior. He's my Lord. He's the one who set me free. He's the, he's the one that said, you're forgiven. Like, there is no other name under heaven where you and I could ever be forgiven for all of our guilt, all of our doubt, all of our shame, all of our grief, all of it. We've been forgiven for it. He is my everything. So, if I'm going to do everything in his name, I have, to, I have to come to the rudimentary place in my life or just the really simple place in my life and go, okay, listen, man. He is my everything, that my life is under his authority, that he is Lord of all, right? I've got a friend that says he's either uh, Lord of all or not Lord at all. And so the very purpose of lordship means you're over everything. And I have these boxes behind me because I think that sometimes we compartmentalize our faith, right? So we, we say this, that, okay, um, you know, God, you can have my one hour a week, but that's not everything because your church attendance or your five minute devotion in the morning doesn't necessarily mean that he's ruler of your heart. Giving him one hour a week is just an hour. But also, man, I want to give God my relationships. I want to give God my time. I want to give God my finances. I want to give God my marriage. I want to give God my habits. I want to give God my thoughts. I want to give him my talents and my family and the decisions that I make. Ultimately, Jesus needs to be my everything. It's not a compartmentalized faith because if we're not careful, we can say, okay, God, you can have my one hour a week, but nah, I don't want you to have my habits. I got some things I'm holding on to. Or God, I'll give you my one hour a week, but I don't want to give you all of my finances. I mean, that's, ooh, I, 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 can't, I can't trust you with that. It's interesting. We'll trust God with eternity, but we won't trust him with today. And so my encouragement to you is that we would all come to a place of surrender where we say, okay, Jesus, you gave me your everything. So every bit of me is going to live now for every piece of you. And so us coming back to the place where I say, okay, God, I give you all of this, all of these boxes, they all belong to you. That there's not a, a part of our life that's compartmentalized. And so we do all uh, for his name really in, in three ways. In all that you say, in all that you do, and then thank him for it all. That, that every one of us do this, that we say, okay, all that I say. Man, the words that I say are super important. And I, I would also put this in even in the words that you text or the words that you email. That I do all that I do for his name in what I say. Man, what we say to other people is really important because I don't just represent me. And so, what I say with my words are, are super critical. 
that all of us would come to a place of understanding and say, okay, man, in all that I say, I'm going to live for his name. In the words that I use, in the conversations I'm in, in my friendships, in my work relationships, like all that I do in my extended family, all that I say, I'm going to say to bring glory to his name, not to my name. And man, there, there's a tension that we live in with that, right? And I, I get it, man. There's really two kinds of sermons. Uh, the ones I love to preach are the come and see sermons. Come and see how good life with Jesus is. But this particular sermon is actually a come and die sermon, which is a little more difficult to preach because I'm really saying, give up on the American dream. Give up on a comfortable life. Give up on making a name for you. And instead, make a name for Jesus in all that you say. But all, not just in what you say, but also in all that you do. That in every way, in every action, in every deed that I do, I'm doing it not not to make myself look good, not to bring glory to me, but ultimately to bring glory to God. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Glory is kind of a church word, right? But the concept of bringing glory to God is simply this, is that I'm making God look good with my life. And I wonder, man, are we doing that in our words and in our deeds? That, man, in, in my actions and what I'm doing with my life, am I making a good name for God? Or am I making a bad name for God? Can I represent him well without looking like I'm a hypocrite? Now, typically, a lot of people ask me questions about, man, I would live for God, but how do I live for God and not come across like a hypocrite? Well, here's my best advice to you, is hypocrites are people that just simply act like they have their lives all together. One of the greatest ways to defeat hypocrisy is to admit in every conversation and in every deed that you do with humility that you would admit that you're just as broken as everybody else. And the longer you follow Jesus, the more difficult that becomes. The longer you follow him, the more difficult it becomes uh, to, to say, man, I am a mess. And so with your life, it's important to continue to, to repeat that over and over and over again in what you say and also in what you do. And then also that you would thank him for it all. I mean, ultimately, all that you have in your life is from him. And twice in this passage, Paul mentions that, that we would give thanks to him in all things, with everything we have. It's, it's not about what you earned. You didn't earn any of it. So you didn't earn your salvation, but you also didn't earn the car that you drive or the job that you have or the house that you live in or the friends that you have. You literally didn't earn any of it. He gave it to you all. And so it's important as a response to God to say, God, thank you for the people in my life. God, thank you for the things that you've given me in my life. And now I want to leverage all of these things and almost reverse this. I thank him for it all. And then I leverage all that I say and all that I do for him and his name. So there's some next steps I want you to consider today uh, before we wrap our time up together. The first next step is this, is will you simply decide who you're going to live for? That instead of living for your name, uh, instead of living for your own personal legacy, that instead that you would decide, okay, man, I am going to live for God. I told you earlier that this is more of a come and die kind of sermons, but in, in Philippians, Paul says this, for me to live uh, is, for, for me, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Essentially what Paul's saying here is there's no other name that I want to live for, to really experience life 
it happens by me living for Christ. And man, I used to think that living for Christ would look like a really boring life, but I can tell you that living for Christ, living for Jesus has taken me personally places that I would have never been able to go if it was just me living the American dream or me trying to climb a corporate ladder. And no matter what your occupation is, I think it's important that you look at the words of the Apostle Paul and say, hey, for me, like, if you want to find your life, you've got to lose it. If you really want to know what it means to experience life at its fullest, man, you've got to live for Christ and die to yourself. And so that's the first thing is you decide who you're going to live for. The second thing, if, if I'm going to really take a big next step here and live for the name of Jesus, I've got to count what the cost is because it's going to cost you something. Living for him, although salvation is free, which I love that, man. We use the term justification, man. I'm set free from my sins, and that's an amazing experience to exchange all of my guilt and all of my shame and all of my sin for all of his perfection. That's amazing. But now following him, though, with my daily life, I've got to count the cost and I've got to understand that's going to cost you something that's going to cost me something. In fact, in Luke chapter 9, uh, here's what Jesus says. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, that's a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And I mean, this is kind of like that moment in Forrest Gump where Forrest is running, right? And he's got all those people that decide to start running with him. And they, they all want to follow him and they run across America together. This is kind of like that on a Jesus scale. He says, I, this guy says, I'll follow you wherever you go. But then Jesus replied with a weird illustration. He replies this, foxes have dens and birds have nests. But the son of man has no place to lay his head. He's saying, if you follow me, you're probably going to be homeless. That's what that looks like. He said to the, the other, another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, First, I must go bury my, my father, which is, it seems right. Like another man comes to Jesus and says, hey, I want to follow you. And he's like, okay, well, you know, you can follow me, but the guy has an excuse right off the bat. Well, I got to go bury my dad, which is a legitimate excuse. Look at this. <laughs> Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. I mean, this is, he's using this for sake of an illustration. He's not saying, that you know, your parents aren't important. He's not saying your relationships aren't, aren't important. But what he's saying is, man, the most important thing that you'll do with your entire life is to proclaim the kingdom of God, to make a name for Jesus, to be a, a proclamator, to be a person that, that speaks and does uh, actions in their lives that would point people to Jesus. He says, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And then again, Jesus says this in verse 62. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. So he uses an agricultural term, and you and I probably have never used a plow, but a plow, whenever you would put both hands to it, you would have to look ahead because no, because where you look is where your plow would go. So no one could look backwards and be able to serve the kingdom of God, just like no one could look backwards and plow well, right? And so Jesus is saying, don't look back. If you want to follow me, he's using these harsh examples of family. And that's, I, I don't want you to necessarily pay attention to that. What I want you to pay attention to is this, is counting the cost means if I'm going to give, if Jesus is going to be my everything and I'm going to live for his name solely, I have to put both hands to the plow and focus on what's ahead of me, not focus on what's behind me. And I think that's where a lot of us get tripped up at times is we want to look to the past. And we want to look to 
the, the, the old habits and we want to look to the old compartmentalized life. And Jesus says, no, you have to stay focused. You've got to count the cost and be able to put both hands on, 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 the, on the plow and say, man, I'm trusting you with my future. And so, uh, and the third thing, if I'm, if I'm really going to take next steps, I'm going to give, I'm going to give your life. All of us would give our lives back to him. And so that's something for us to all consider and think about. Decide who I live for, count the cost, give your life back to Jesus. Romans chapter 12, verse one says this. And so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. It's only reasonable that you would give your life back to the God who gave you his life. Let them be living in holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This truly is the way to worship him. Paul's just simply saying, man, give your life back to the God who gave you your life. Then in verse two, don't copy the behavior of the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Man, do you want to know what God wants you to do with your life? You can't know that and be making a name for yourself or living for the name of someone else. But you can do that whenever you say, you'll know God's will when you say, okay, you're the one I'm living for. No one and nothing else. That you're the one, the only one. So I know that there's a next step for us to all take today. And maybe the next step is, hey, man, I'm just going to decide who I'm going to live for. Or maybe it's, I'm going to count the cost, or maybe I'm going to give my life back to him. My encouragement to you is identify your next step and take it. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you for today and a chance to slow down and consider whose name we're living for. Help us today, God, to live for your name and your name alone. God, again, we say thank you for your son, Jesus. And Lord, we know that it's by no other name that we can be set free. So God, thank you for that name. Help us to live for his name in all that we say and all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our in-person services that meet on Sunday at 8.30, 9.45, and 11 a.m. If you feel so inclined to give, you can do so at www.graceriver.cc. Have a great week.